you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Football program available on iTunes and at davedamashek.nfl.com. Now, here's your host, Dave Damashek. Hi, and hello, football fans. It's your old pal, Dave. Dave Damashek. What's going down? Hope all's well wherever you are. Welcome to episode number 119 of the Dave Damashek football program, as always, available on iTunes. And at NFL.com slash Sheck, S-H-E-K, you are joining us a little bit unorthodox, what we're doing. Yesterday, we did a great show, getting you ready for the wild card round, talked about the four playoff games and what that might mean going forward in the playoffs, matchups, and so on. Look back at the career of Ray Lewis and uh, his highs and lows there, and also talked to uh, Cincinnati Bengals cornerback, and an award winner, a Shecky Award winner for 2012 as our favorite guest here on the podcast. So lots of good stuff to listen to on episode 118. But we were running so long, we decided to stop down and pick it back up here to unveil the Shecky Awards to you. We wanted them to have their due, don't you know? Terrence Newman and all the football talk was great, but if we didn't, uh, if, if, if we expected you to stick around for two hours to listen to all that and then the Shecky Awards, it might have been asking a bit too much. So we decided to interrupt yesterday's podcast, stop down, and pick it back up. So here we go now, the Shecky Awards for 2012. Let's get it on. Dave. David. Long ago, Rank, mm-hmm. when I was uh, when I was in college, I was working at I got a summer internship with the uh, with the local in Pittsburgh with the local news station that covered the Pittsburgh Pirates. They had the broadcasts of their games. A couple of the sports guys there said to me, if you love sports, do not go into this line of work because you'll grow to hate sports. You won't like covering them after you do it for a couple of years. I've not found that to be the case. But Terrence Newman is is. Proves one bad side of it is it blurs the lines for you because Terrence Newman's on the Bengals. I can't like the Bengals, but I like him though. You see, now it muddies things for me. <laughs> We've talked to a couple of Ravens even who are who are pleasant fellows. You start liking them. It's you what know, am I to do? I can't. I'm, I'm a human being after all. If is, you cut me, I bleed. It's one of the weirdest things. Is. Uh... <laughs> It is a strange thing, though, like especially if you start covering a team that you just invariably your job becomes easier if that team wins. And it seems like most beat writers outside of maybe the people in New York, maybe Bernie Wilson, who covers the Chargers in San Diego. You tend to hope that the team you're covering wins just because it makes your job easier. And one of the earliest jobs I had was covering Long Beach State, who was the rival of Cal State Fullerton and covering those games and then getting to know the coaches and liking the coaches and enjoying them and like. You know, when I was there, Jared Weaver was the pitcher for mm-hmm. Long Beach. And I'm sitting there in the press box going, I hope they beat Fullerton. Just because it's easy. My job's easy. And, like, 
all your rooting interests are thrown out. And you- I've actually talked to guys who say the opposite of that. They say they hope their team doesn't go to the playoffs because it means that they get to knock off work a couple weeks earlier. That yeah. is drive. I've talked to guys of course, about that. Of course, like those guys who've gotten that far along who – they're, they're curmudgeons. They're what they jaded, are. and they're the guys you don't want to. Associate. If I do that, really, but you know, that's it then for me. You run me out of town. Yeah, know? I don't want to. I, I don't, don't want to be around. If I can't enjoy it, then I hate those guys in the press box. They're sitting there complaining about the free food and all this. Like, you know what? I can't. I can't be in that atmosphere. You know what? I want back. I want back the era where booze was allowed in the in the press box. <laughs> when did they ban it? <laughs> oh, you're maybe oh, still. No, I, I listen. They used to have, I know that they had in, in a couple of stadiums at least, they had a working keg in, in those things. And people now frown on it and tisk tisk, and that's not professional. But just as a just as a reminder, plenty of the legends, well, the, uh, the le- legendary play-by-play guys and broadcasters, they liked the while doing the games. They enjoyed it. That's what a, the, what's a, It's a sports, after all. This isn't hardcore news. <laughs> it's, a, it's fine. Some there's some maybe there's some situations that arise from athletes and that that are grim, and then you would like a, a nice sober point of view. But why can't people enjoy themselves where, while they're well, at the game was, talking about it? When I was, at, I uh, like it. I was in a major league press box. I think I wasn't even 21 yet, but there is—I don't want to say the team that it was. They had a work in keg, and what they <laughs> wow, what's what going to happen if you say who it was? I don't want to put anybody in a bad spot. <laughs> Run out of the but, league. But you know what? It was <laughs> the guys would file their stories, and then afterwards, that's what they spent their time doing. So be it. I listen. Well, I, I, I listen. I embrace the idea of doing it while they're writing their stories and while the game's going on, and perhaps before. But listen, that's me. Isn't it interesting, Sessler, that you, as a Cleveland Browns fan, now you looking you're looking for a head coach, and we were talking about Ray Lewis earlier. Interesting to think about how different your the your franchise might have been if the Browns don't move. You would have taken Ray Lewis. Obviously, it's Ozzie Newsom calling those shots back then, just as it is now. So you figure that they would have gone ahead and taken Ray Lewis, you could have been, you know, weeping today because Ray Lewis is retiring from your beloved Browns. Instead, he's retiring from the Baltimore Purples. Well, in that Cleveland 95 special, which was interesting, talked about how the scouting on Lewis was already underway when Cleveland was still intact, that they already had their eye on Lewis as a potential draft pick for the next season. And they got that draft pick by Belichick trading away a Browns first-round pick the year before. So we handed Ray Lewis uh, to the Ravens, who have since haunted us. Not so sad to see him go. Great guy on some level, maybe. Uh, Not sad to see him go as a Browns fan. What do you think about the uh, head coaching situation? We haven't talked about the coaches at all here. Chip Kelly hearing a lot of buzz about at least that the Browns are going to throw all sorts of money at him. It's a dicey thing for us here on the podcast. It's Wednesday midday. We could speculate and sound like boobs because by the time you listen, maybe all those coaches have now taken up new positions. But with all that being said, how say you on the Browns coaching vacancy? Well, my favorite thing was seeing you tweet out some Chip Kelly whispers that you had heard around the office. Mm -hmm. I looked later, been (laughs) retweeted by like a hundred people. And there were a couple, I went to a Browns message board Mm -hmm. where people were saying this fellow Damashek from NFL.com is hearing that Chip (laughs) Kelly is going to the, people are getting excited. Did I lie? No, but I lie. I did hear it from people who would know what they're talking about. I think it's the most exciting sources. I'm not telling you who my sources are (laughs) in this public (laughs) forum. Write them down. Because then they'll, let me vet them. I won't say anything, but I saw the entire transaction of information, and I'm not going to say anything. And was it jive? Was that was it jive? Was write it, it down? I want to. There are certain sources. elements of what's going on right now that are making me uncomfortable. Listen, there is In what a, sense. I First of all, I don't sources. trade. I'm not going to. I'm not going to expose them. I just want to vet them, and I will. I, I'll let the people know right now if these are accurate. I have. I'm writing it down for rank, and I'm showing okay, it to them. Okay, that's good. So, and listen, I first of all, I say it all the time. I don't. I, I'm not someone who. Trades in 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 fact and sources. <laughs> I like to recklessly speculate. That's my bag. You see, go look up. Uh, go go follow. Uh, you know Daniel Jeremiah or Jeff Darlington if you want facts and sources on your stuff. Mine's speculation, but it came from a good place, right, Sessler? I think it did. All right, good. Now. I think Andy Reid, that's something else I tweeted, I hope for his sake he does wind up in Arizona or San Diego from a lifestyle standpoint. Tough year, tough few years for him professionally, obviously, dealing with that nasty Philadelphia media, obviously personal life. 
some tough stuff. I compare it really to another Andy, Andy Dufresne in Shawshank. You know, when they when uh, when uh, uh, Freeman says, you know, he crawled through a river of s and uh, came out clean on the other side. I hope, and I'm not disparaging the city of Philadelphia, but it is a toxic environment in uh, to be Donovan McNabb or any other. High profile. I mean, they booed Mike Schmidt. Forget the whole thing about booed Santa Claus. They booed Mike Schmidt. It's Mike Schmidt, their best player ever. So I think that if, if he could escape and get out into sunny and less pressure-packed uh, San Diego or Arizona, good for him. I hope that works out for him. And, by the way, if he goes to Arizona and hooks back up with Kevin Cobb, I, I think that team is immediately a contender for the playoffs and it only further validates the notion that the NFC West is going to be just unbelievably brutal next year. How say you rank? Yeah, it'll be just as great as the last time the Cardinals got a former Eagles coach. All right. Buddy Ryan. <laughs> There's a new sheriff in town. Oh, just. I, I forgot that huh. the Cardinals are one of uh, Rank's 400 uh, teams that he loves. There's not, <laughs> first off, there's not 400 teams in the NFL. I'm going to the literal card. What's wrong? This is the thing. The, the St. Louis FC will have a – they're going to arbitration for their stadium. No, no, no. The whole thing, in two months it will be settled whether they're staying or not. And if, if, this, if it goes wrong and that team stays in St. Louis long term, then I will officially announce my free agency. Oh. And I will be open to courting from all – all the franchises Ooh, oh, except for. Imagine how exhilarating that's going to yeah. be for all the all thirty-two teams, all <laughs> well, thirty-one NFL teams, and not San Francisco, not so San Francisco, thirty, and not Dallas. Well, maybe so 20, Dallas. We'll give Dallas a shot. Okay, so they thirty teams, teams. thirty teams. Thirty-four. I don't think it's. I. I in fact, I'm going to reject before you even think about it. I will not allow you to be a Steeler fan. <laughs> you will have no say in it. I am telling you here and now that is forbidden. You can't just suddenly decide that you're a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, a team with six rings. You cannot suddenly adopt at your advanced age. I well, forbid it. That's that's a factor to it. That's that'll play into it. Maybe Terrence Newman will convince me to be a Bengals fan. Well, that's your business. But one thing I will not stand for is you uh, deciding to become a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. I'm telling and you. Now no. the more I talk about it, the more I know how your devilish brain works, and you're going to do it out of spite. But <laughs> yeah, I, I might. I, will, I won't embrace it. <laughs> I might. I will turn the. I will use. I will might every resource. I might go get available the, to me how to is turn <laughs> all Steeler fans against you, and you will be bludgeoned. Verbally and otherwise, until not, you give it up. I will be embraced as a hero. No, you will not. It you will, will not. Make, you know, and I will, you know what? I will have the best ironic jersey. I'll get the Johnny Unitas Steelers jersey. <laughs> I'll look awesome. I don't like any of your talk right now. All right, quickly. Let's uh, – anybody with thoughts about the, the coaching vacancies? It's a tough spot to, to be yammering about. Uh, real quick, though, Hanzoos, upset that Rex Ryan is still the coach of the Jets. Well, I wanted – I definitely wanted him there. I thought he deserved another season. But now as things are actually playing out, I'm starting to feel uncomfortable about this idea of the GM coming in and Sanchez potentially coming back. Oh, I they can't believe a, they his need announcement of Sanchez the other day saying, hey, I talked to Rex. Yeah. Hey, Future's bright here, everybody. Hey, stick with us, Jets fans. No, we need a clean break. You need to you need to switch your teams. I will never switch my team, but I will tell you this: that no. if Rex Ryan and Mark Sanchez are both on that team and Sanchez plays next year, uh, it is a grave mistake by the franchise. Well, that is absolutely right, uh, Nick Saban. It, it, the announcement, at least, is that he's on his way out. One thing I will say is when these coaching situations come up and Andy Reid and you see that he maybe is going to be able to put together a pretty keen staff wherever he goes, it's interesting because he has a rich coaching tree and he comes from – how does it go, the, the coaching tree? In Holmgren? fact, he comes from Holmgren and Holmgren comes, comes from, Walsh. from Walsh. So uh, it reminds me, I pointed this out a year or two ago, is Bill Belichick – I'll tell you, you know, I, I, I obviously question his genius quite a bit. And, every you know, it's understood that Bill Belichick is the smartest guy in the history of sports and whatever. But I'll tell you, it's a little bit of a red flag, isn't it, that Bill Belichick has no coaching tree? Isn't that odd? There's no way he's never spawned another good coach. Can't you say about every great NFL coach in history that they had some people who went on to success? It's interesting because what about, what about Jimmy Johnson? Jimmy Johnson, North Turner, Butch Davis, Dave Wanstead. Wow, that's interesting. 
was Chan G- no Chan Gailey wasn't on that staff. No, they they brought him. That was the f- somebody out of it. You're Dave right. Dave okay, that's a that's a pretty interesting guy. Uh, a pretty interesting. Well, Bill Bill Belichick, Romeo Cornell, Josh McDaniels. Mm-hmm. Um, Charlie Charlie Chaz Weiss. Now Bill O'Brien's name is being floated around out there. Morally, ethically, whatever. How do you feel about uh, about Bill O'Brien dumping Penn State? Do you do you feel like he's finding some wiggle room and trying to get out of there, or is it, are, are you cool with uh, him dumping Sessler? How say you? Well, he hasn't done that first, but uh, yeah, I, I true. Think, I think yeah, it's I an issue because well, I his name wouldn't be uh, so wouldn't be attached to two different teams. If he all he would have to do is say, "Don't call me. I'm not going to leave Penn State ever." Yeah, he's in play. I mean, I think if you take that Penn State job, they were looking for someone that said, "I'm going to be here for a while right. to walk you out of this dark forest that you're in." So yeah, it's a little sketchy, I and mean, we see that a lot with these college pro hopscotch operations where the guy goes back and forth. But a weird move by O'Brien. It's going to be expensive to buy him out too. Yeah, that's true enough. Yeah, uh, be a drop in the bucket for the uh, for the. Um all the civil suits that Penn State's going to be hit with. This hokey <laughs> but if, governor up at the podium, by the way, the Pennsylvania weird. governor up there, and they're upset. I mean, uh, listen, but what a, a, t- l- l- turn the page, Penn State and the state of Pennsylvania. This is, a, <laughs> this is grim. Talk about, hey, just as we took care of those kids, we're trying to take care of the Penn State family now. No, no, no. There's not a comparison to be made there. Please give that up. Governor of Pennsylvania. Too much, yeah, I agree. What say we get to the Shecky Awards, everybody? Mm. Everybody yes. like the idea of that? Right. We already got them. We got them already. All right, start it up. Oh, before we do start, one thing I do I did make a note to myself to not forget is uh, we have the you know we have the Sheck Republic, mm-hmm. we have the Rank Amateurs, mm-hmm. we have the Hank Amateurs, mm-hmm. Black Ties fan bases, the Black Sheep, and I'm now ready. To at least throw out a strong candidate, we realize we don't have a nickname for around the league for the around the league guys, Sessler and uh, and Hanzus. They do the debate club. They call themselves, if you follow them on Twitter, NFL underscore ATL. ATL. That's how they're known in house here. ATL. You know the a, uh, and ATL, of course, equals Atlanta to me. And so I wouldn't <laughs> want to call them the Braves. Their fan base, the Braves or the Falcons. That's two on the nose. So I dug up in in Atlanta lore. I went through my head. I think the ATL fan club should be the Flames. Like that. Because uh, wait a I'm minute. not comfortable with that. Why not? I'm just not. I like that. The Flames. That's your fan. That is wait, that's doesn't the feel Flames. Right. I like wait, that. That was, doesn't feel that was like the a hockey team that moved to yeah. Calgary, right? Yeah. The Flames. That was the name of their team. Yeah. Atlanta Flames. Yeah. What's bad about that? Sherman's March to the Sea. That's yeah. what General Sherman lit Atlanta on fire. Uh-huh. And that's what you named your team. I think you, yeah. they think they've surpassed <laughs> the Buffalo Bills. Flames. Flamers. Flamers. Do you like that better? Another one that I'm uncomfortable with, and I'm sure Mark is as well. <laughs> yeah, not uh, not for any reason. Right. Just, it just doesn't Let's seem right. Let's keep thinking. Doesn't we'll work on it. We can work on it. I don't know if we're going to do any better than that. All right. <laughs> Flames. Your heroes are here. Sessler and Hanzus. All right. Let's begin the Shecky Awards, and we'll start off with the 2012. Welcome to the Shecky Awards. We start off with a big one right out of the gate here. The Sonic Award. We've been giving it out since the Seattle Supersonics. Abandoned Seattle. A miserable year. An all-time, arguably the worst year for a city's fan base um, in, in, in recorded history. Consider, they lost the Sonics that year. The Mariners were a grave disappointment. The Seahawks were a big disappointment. Washington and Washington State, the two regional college teams there, Combined to win one win, that one win was when Washington beat Washington State, or maybe it was the other way around. I don't know and don't care about that. Recent champions, we've had back-to-back winners in Cleveland there, no surprise there. This year, your nominees for the Sonic Award, given out to the city's fans who suffered the most in 2012. This isn't just straight-up losing percentage, who has the highest losing. It's based on expectation and the inability to achieve that. And so Cleveland, obviously, by any standard, is a losing proposition. There are other places where people had great ambition and they didn't meet it. So your nominees are Philadelphia. Philadelphia had the would-be Dynasty Eagles. They had the Phillies with that huge payroll outside the playoffs. The Philadelphia Flyers got swept by the New Jersey Devils. The Sixers traded away their best player, Andre Iguodala, for Andrew Bynum, a bust across the board. The next nominee, 
Ouch, Pittsburgh. The Steelers miss the playoffs. The Pirates blow being over 16 games over 500. They're in first place. They blow it and once again finish under 500 for what was it, the 19th season in a row? The Pittsburgh Penguins lost to the Flyers in humiliating fashion, their arch rival. Pit Hoops, top uh, top 10 at worst. A lot of people had them at number one even going into the preseason in hoops. They missed the tournament. Pitt football has become a joke best, of a program. Pitt's best basketball player is playing at UNLV now. Yep. A lot of reasons to feel sorry for yourself if you're a Pittsburgh sports fan. Lastly, Cleveland, because they're Cleveland and they have to be nominated pretty much every year, and the, the record speaks for itself in 2012. All right. The Sonic Award goes to Pittsburgh. Oh, I'm devastated. I'm not happy about uh, that. This, this I'm not happy about it. Come it on. makes me sick in this the gut. Is, uh, you think I would have created the Sonic Award years ago if I on. ever thought that the city of Champions might win it? I'm disgusted. <laughs> you're, what, you're rebuke, upset about that? Rebuke this. Yeah. Rebuke what? What are First you of upset all, with about our that? Our Steelers, I know we didn't win, <laughs> but still. You... They missed the playoffs. They didn't even go to the playoffs this year. Oh, yeah, this, here's a Super Bowl. So oh, this is so terrible. The Pirates. Over Philadelphia. That, well, you know what? It really did come down to Philadelphia versus Pittsburgh. It was definitely going to a Keystone oh, State goodness. city. But the, where if it was close at all, it was decided when the Flyers came into Pittsburgh and embarrassed that team. That Pittsburgh Penguins team had Stanley Cup ambitions, and they went home in the first round of the playoffs to their arch rival. Hansus, you have an issue with this? Pirates, this is like when Crash won the Oscar, and everybody knew immediately uh, that a grave mistake was made. Yes. That's where we're at right Who should have won? Oh, you got to give it to Philly. Why? Yeah. How, Philly. By what standard? Both teams missed the playoffs. At least Philly has a, a higher draft. Wait, pick. hold on. No, because then the Philadelphia, and then you're talking hockey. They see Richards. Hextall is now, he's an executive with the Kings. They had to watch that going on. Yeah, they do see two guys go win the Stanley wow. Cup elsewhere. That's but they worse. beat the Penguins head to head. I mean, what's that? Sessler, you have an issue with this? Well, tell me one good thing that happened in Cleveland. I mean, defend Cleveland. There weren't expectations for any of them. So that's me. That's terrible. That's <laughs> Kyrie Irving is living up to expectations. That's pretty good. That's something to feel excited about. What in Pittsburgh is there to be excited about right now? There is no hockey. There's no playoff football to enjoy. What's to be excited? The Pirates? Wake like up. A, a perennially fantastic <laughs> town as one off year. Well, it had a bad, bad year, and it hurt quite a bit. Fair enough. Well, look at this next category. Best newcomer. Best newcomer to the podcast. Your nominees are Dan Hanzoos. Mark Sessler. Oh. Daniel Jeremiah. Akbar Baja Biamila. And the Shecky goes to for best newcomer. Daniel Jeremiah. What? <laughs> <laughs> we didn't see that one Saw coming. Saw that one coming. You know what, Whoa. though? Man I, I, crush. Academy yeah. Awards and the Emmys and everything else, they still give the award when people don't show up. No to Daniel Jeremiah. I'm giving it to Sessler and or Hanzus. They're here. I don't know which is which. You guys can fight for it. You, know you two what? are the champions. I, I came in on my off day. You give the award to someone else and then give it to us like it's like trash. I don't want it. I'm upset about this. No, uh, you know what? All right, then Sessler gets it. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Cleveland wins. <laughs> see that that now? See now that's bad though because now Cleveland can't get the Shecky or can't get the Sonic next year. It's a new day. All right, so all <laughs> right. So desperate for anything. <laughs> He's going into the Cleveland Sports Hall of Fame for that. All right. This is a tough one. Best tie. Best tie in the tie rack here on the podcast. Your nominees are blue tie, black tie, tie tie, my tie. And your winner is... Ah, we got to give it the black tie. He'll cry. What? He'll cry. No. He'll cry for a year if no. we don't give it to him. This is an outrage. This is one I can. No. He's not no. here. He's not here. Don't no. I get it? No, not for you either. It's no, blue see, tie. at least Sessler and Hansus had the dignity not to beg tie tie. Please. Be, you're better than that. All right. Something no. tells me blue tie would have won the popular vote. Yes. Um, this is right. an. Please. Let, let's try to over. Let's have a, a recall. All right, now let's get to let's get to uh, a big one here. The it's a new award, 
It's a new award we came up with here on the Sheckies. The movie I enjoyed the most in 2012. This does not have to be a movie that I that, that came out in 2012. It's the movie that I watched and and found myself really enjoying. Your nominees are Trading Places, 48 Hours. Wow, double look at that Eddie Murphy up twice there. Empire Strikes Back. Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers. <laughs> and your winner is... What? Empire Strikes Back. Uh. Congratulations to Vader, Skywalker, the whole gang there. It still is maybe the best movie of all time. Now, here's another one. Most overrated new movie. Your nominees are... The Batman movie. Mm. Lincoln. Silver Linings Playbook. And the Shecky goes to Batman. Yes. What are they doing going in there and blowing up Pittsburgh? And why does Hollywood have it in for the city of Pittsburgh anyway? Every sports team has to get bludgeoned in these pictures. What is it? Apparently, there's somebody let me know the other day. Do you know that in this Jack Reacher hokum... That's also shot in Pittsburgh. There's some conspiracy against one of the teams in that one. Add that too to Black Sunday, the movie based in Super Bowl X. Mm-hmm. A blimp terrorist attack, sudden death with Jean Claude Van Damme, the Igloo, the Stanley Cup Finals terrorized. The field gets blown up at Heinz Field, even though they're pretending it's Gotham. You can't even stretch it to say at the end of the natural. They're playing the Pittsburgh Pirates when he hits the home run, and those the, he hits the ball into the lights, and they explode, and those shards of glass are falling on the poor guys in the outfield. That was perilous stuff. I don't like it. And anyway, Batman in general, fine. I guess it was a, it was it had a vibe to it and everything, and I you know I, I, and I liked uh, elements of the movie, but the whole thing, the entire police force, the entire Gotham police force. Hey, the trouble's down there in the sewer. Let's all go in there at one time. Let's all go. In. There's no other recourse. We all, every last one of us, must go into the sewers in in order to battle whatever's going on here. It was hokey, and I felt a little bit overrated. How say you, fellas? I think Van Damme really stood on his head in sudden death. He did, Great. yeah. Went through the pipes. Yeah. yeah. He did Zach that and Mary make a porno also besmirches Pittsburgh sports. Yeah, that's right. It does. Yeah, it does. I don't like the association with that uh, <laughs> with that sort of filth. <laughs> um, all right. The Land of the Fox. Land of the Fox. This is interesting. The you know the land of the fox, the most coveted soil in all the Czech Republic. It's where only the foxiest foxes reside. No, uh, in order to gain admittance, you must be voted in by me, rank in the Czech Republic. And you know our old uh, mayor is uh, Jill Wagner. You know the old Mercury girl, but she's now getting married. So I feel like I don't like that. I don't want her to be the mayor of of the land of the fox. So I'm going to yearly give the mayoral duties to one of the foxes and i'm going to give it to your nominees natalie morales of the today show jennifer lawrence of silver linings playbook and the new mayor of the land of the fox is natalie morales <laughs> natalie morales she's a fox you know her you I'm like her, with her work yes you like you enjoy her <laughs> yes do you know jennifer lawrence yeah, from the from the previous. I fancy Lauren, she is special, and that what else? Silver Linings playbook with her training for the dancing. She's a very very good looking woman. Yes, yes, indeed. Good what actress. else was she in? Was she in? A- she was in that hunting the teenage hunt movie. <laughs> they hunt each other. Hunger Games. Hunger Games. Yeah. That's it. I was teenage close. hunting. Yeah. I like that title better. Yeah. Um, all right. So uh, all right. Next up. Oh, I should mention it, last week in a smaller ceremony, uh, awards were handed out for uh, for. Other categories like uh, vegetable of the year, which was won by uh, Brussels sprouts for mm, best good uniform year for them. Yes, for yeah for for best uniform, mm-hmm. uh, the Philadelphia Flyers in the uniform rankings uh, one through one twenty two, and uh, in the alphabet letter category Q one. And in fact, it has such a stranglehold on the category. I've decided once and for all to retire the category. Q is the greatest letter. In the alphabet, I've said it before, it is an inspirational tale to all underdogs out there. Q 
What do you think about when you think of Q? Where's Q in the alphabet? Oh, it's down there with W, X, Y, and Z, right? Wrong. In fact, it's ahead of R, S, and T. Imagine that. It's right up there next to P. You didn't know that, did you? It's climbing well the ladder. It's, no, it's soaring. <laughs> it's soaring up through the alphabet letters. And if A, B, and C ain't careful, it's going to sneak in there. It could be A, B, Q before you know it. You never know. Yeah, you don't know. You so never, kudos. It's very underrated. <laughs> Congratulations to Q. Sitting next to all the Quinteros in my life, that it was a vastly underrated letter. Yeah, it, uh, listen, I mean, it's got special rules to it and everything, always with the U after it and everything, mm-hmm. you know? So kudos to that. It's sort of like Q is to letters what Batman is to superheroes, you know, in a way, because he's right. human, you know? He's not, doesn't, he wasn't, he doesn't have a magic power to him or anything, no, not no, made out of steel. A, he's, he's a man. man. He's a man. But he's, a, well, but, so, but, but he's an underdog. So is, uh, so is Hal Jordan. But, right. Well, yeah, and, and Daredevil, but uh, Q, but then also you have, and then like, just like Batman, Robin, he has Robin, the lowercase u next to the Q is kind of like his Robin, you see? Hmm. A lot to think about. All right. It is, yes, it is weird. All right. <laughs> That's a great letter. I never thought about it that way, David. Yeah, yeah, you see? That's listen. That's why I'm here to hand out awards for for people that don't have their or letters or fruits or anything else that don't get their praises sung as they deserve to. All right. Before we get to fruit of the year, the big the the the, the big daddy, the biggest know, one, yeah, the biggest of them all. Let's get to condiment of the year. Ooh, a volatile, ooh. wow, this volatile is... category. Oh, and by the way, I look at handsome Hank, and it reminds me we did give. Pie, we already gave out the Shecky Award last Pie month when he brought in the treacle tart for best mm-hmm. pie. Treacle tart was the 2012 champion in pie. Condiment of the year. Your nominees are Sriracha, last year's champion, mm-hmm. by the way. Hot Mustard. Jardinera. Ketchup. And the 2012 Shecky for condiment of the year goes to... Whoa, what an upset. Hot mustard. Ooh. I can't oh believe it. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? No, I am not kidding you, and I'm as stunned as anybody. Just two years ago, I disparaged hot mustard. I disparaged all yellow Weren't mustard. Weren't you the one who said, we only need one mustard? I absolutely did, and like Jerry Orbach <laughs> at the end of Dirty Dancing, when I'm wrong, I say I'm wrong. And the good people who make Chinese food, Mm-hmm. Taught, showed me the air in my ways with their hot mustard. And also our pal, our great ambassador in uh, South Carolina, Jeremy Lane, our songsmith and uh, and so on. He has sends he's always uh, nice enough, always sends me out some mustard around my birthday. He sent out this spicy, hot, m- yellow mustard. Mm-hmm. Now, I've said before, I've gone on record, spicy mustard, the brown mustard, we don't need, it makes, it make, it makes yellow mustard unnecessary. Mm-hmm. When would you ever want yellow mustard over brown. Never is the answer to that. But you know what? I've been turned around. Like I say, Chinese food, Jeremy Lane, hot mustard. Congratulations. I can't believe you beat out Sriracha. I love this stuff, but you know what? Hot mustard in 2012 was a little bit better. Mm. Wow. wow. I did it's, not see that one coming. No, indeed. No, indeed. That's the first big upset. Yeah. I would say so. Yeah. I would say so. Well, although, I still. Brussels sprouts oh, man. big, I think. Did you feel like that was? Yeah, they're doing like wonderful Brussels things. With I didn't Brussels see Brussels sprouts. sprouts kind of like, kind of like the, in fact, similar uh, in in looks as well to the Seattle Seahawks. You wouldn't have said that before the season started. Mm-hmm. It's true. That's but true. Here they are. And asparagus had such a solid year that you thought maybe there that was a dark horse right. candidate right there. No avail. And carrots no. have been just going from strength to strength as well. Yes. Um. All right. Oh, be- oh before we get to fruit of the year, here it is. Flavor of the year. We got to get to flavor of the year. Your nominees are beer, caramel, butterscotch, mm. cherry, the cherry candy kind of thing. All right. And the 2012 Shecky Award for best flavor goes to caramel. Yes, I love oh, yes. yes. Caramel's Woo! terrific. I was, uh, I was ready. Listen, there's, I haven't agreed with all of these. I was ready to riot for this one because <laughs> caramel, it's a Hall of Famer, and, and for it, it to not even. Okay, I'm just happy. I'm sorry. I don't like it when people try to make a case for butterscotch no, over, over caramel. Butterscotch is like is the younger brother of caramel. Yeah, that's exactly yeah, right. You know, that's exactly what it is. Shouldn't have even been nominated. It's it's the younger brother <laughs> that wasn't. doesn't play sports. Right. All it's right. Cooper Manning. Like. Uh, yeah. 
Let's get to it now. <laughs> it's time for uh, Fruit of the Year. And let me just uh, preface this announcement by saying it has been the most delicious year for fruit in my lifetime. And that's saying quite a bit. Watermelon, delicious. The things they're doing with watermelon to make it taste good. 12 months a year. The the, the problem with watermelon when we were growing up was that it was only good for two or three months a year. Now it's delicious year-round. What they're doing with all fruits. I still say we don't need the green grapes. I've done What I said about mustard before, mm-hmm. I still say with the green grape. We don't need them. What do we need the green grapes for when we have, when we have grape grapes, when we have red grapes? We don't need them. What, what, what's, in what situation would you prefer to have the green grape over the red grape? Put a green grape. Uh, this is advice to everyone who's listening and who's got this far through the mm-hmm. podcast. And everyone who, who is listening at this point will be very happy that they've got this far. Get a bunch of green grapes. Put them in the freezer, not uh-huh. the fridge. Put them in the freezer. I Let hear them you. freeze. Eat them like candy. They are delicious. I would challenge you to do that today, and and then thank me next. Is week. this not something you could do with red grapes? Not in not in the same I, way. The I've flavor is not as good. I've tried it. It is a challenge to your nerve endings in your teeth. If you bite into them, you have sensitive Get teeth. Get past that. It's trouble. Get past that. Okay. Oh, also, quick shout For out. Real men. Congratulations <laughs> to uh, to French Fry, which did, in fact, pull out the uh, best potato preparation. And congratulations to Sunny Side Up for the best egg preparation. Mm. Now. Oh, there was one other, too. Appetizer of the Year. Appetizer of the Year. Oh, is yeah. that what? There was a small. There was also awarded in this small ceremony. Pretzel Bites won. Oh. Is that right? Yes. Well, those must be your own <laughs> awards. I don't know. I'm not familiar with those. So, but all right. <laughs> Let's get to the fruit of the year. Your nominees are Apple. Listen, the Apple won fruit of the century back at the turn of the century. Always. And let me just say this about the Apple. I There are a lot of exciting fruits going around in July and August this year. And I thought there was a time when I was thinking this category has been thoroughly dominated by pineapple. It might be time to retire it. Three times in a row, pineapple has won fruit of the year. I thought maybe it's time and to yet retire it. And I bring a pineapple pie for Thanksgiving, and you don't even try it. That wasn't real pineapple. There was no <laughs> pineapple in that pie. Convenience store bought packaged <laughs> junk. I picked up an apple. I picked up an apple, and I took a bite of it, and suddenly I was born anew. I had rediscovered the delicious red Apple, and that all of a sudden got me trying all the fruits again. So tip of the hat to the apple. It's effectively, it's a pineapple just without the pine in, isn't it? Well, I mean, you could look at it that way, but that seems negative. Your next nominee, black cherries. Pineapple. Mm. White peach. Mm. How does plum not get nominated? (sighs) Whatever. I have a bad feeling about this one. The 2012 Shecky. I'm ready to be out. The fruit of the year goes to the white peach. Oh, Oh, my God. I can't believe it. Congratulations to all peaches. To all peaches. You did it. You pulled an upset. You were a fruit I didn't care for in general outside of Jolly Rancher candies. About until about eight ten years ago, but you have finally lived up to everything I thought you were capable of. The white peach, delicious, and your 2012 Shecky winner for fruit of the year. Congratulations, white peach. Why are you so upset, right? It's a disappointment. I mean, you look forward to this every year, and white peach, so un, so uninspired. It's it's foolhardy, really. I, I feel <laughs> if you I can feel, articulate why I might. Uh, I feel might the body's to. just trying to make a statement and trying. It's it's trendy. It's skinny jeans. It's it's just trying to trying to be weird for the sake of being weird. It's the black cherry. The black cherry Stop, has been one of the most dom. No, no, no. It's been one of the most dominant fruits of all time. And for you to talk about the apple and the pie, they got nothing on the black cherry. The black cherry brings it every single year. Nobody has matched it yet. And yet it continues to be overlooked, and I will not stand for it. Well, black cherries, don't get me wrong. I First of all, I'm, a vote, I, I'm, I'm offended as, uh, as this voter does not care for the tenor of your remarks. The black cherry is delicious. It had a delicious year. The white peach was that much better. Though. Was it? That's I exactly don't, what I don't was. see it that way. Handsome Hank, you approve of the I white peach. I absolutely approve. To me, it's a little bit like... Um, 2003, when the Tampa Bay Buccaneers finally won a, a Super ah. Bowl. 
it's it's a team that you you wanted to get something out of and and they just improved and and they managed to get there. I'm, well, I'm, it, it's, for the white I'm glad that you made that analogy because very much like NFL in the NFL, something you hear quite a bit is it's it's impossible to have a dynasty. Right. I now feel like maybe this is the Anyone dawn of can, a new era. The pineapple right. has really dominated. Of late, and I don't know that we're ever going to see a run like that again. I mean, right. they are the 80s 49ers, essentially. You know, yep. that might be the last dynasty that the fruit of the year category ever sees. <laughs> all right, so congratulations to all our champions there. Uh, congratulations to Mark Sessler, especially on being the best newcomer to the Dave Damashek football program. You can say whatever you want, but you can't. You know what? You know what else? Another football analogy at the end of the at the end of the Super Bowl, the head coach stands up there. He's like, "You guys are world champions. That ring that you're going to have on your finger, no one can ever take that away from you." That is erroneous because, in fact, you can take the ring and away from somebody. A lot of them sell it on eBay. Yeah, and they'll even <laughs> give it away, right? If you want to, but this. Mark Sessler is never going to be able to – no one can take this away from him now. And he that's needs true. it, so that's oh, it's all him. <laughs> <laughs> all right, real quick, I want to make mention of something else here. Ty Ty is yelling to me to, to mention this um, on NFL.com right now is a, a piece about the five worst kind of fans. Huh, Ty Ty, you wanted me to bring this up because you're outraged about it, Yes. Yeah, uh, outraged is a strong uh, word. You know, I read it. Uh, you know, we do a lot of good stuff on NFL.com, but there were some fan types on there. I'm a Raider fan. The Raiders are bad. I feel like a lot of people are fans of bad teams. And uh, there's the bandwagon jumper fan that they Ranks hop a on. fan of bad teams and good teams and so mediocre teams. teams. So yeah. many Lots teams. Lots of teams. Yeah. All over the place. Yeah. Is there a category just for Jets fans? Yes. <laughs> Self-loathing. What I was saying about the fans, bet they have a bandwagon jumper. The the guy who yeah, goes let me on read them to you. Yeah, yeah, you can read them all at NFL.com, but quickly, the bandwagon jumper, know-it-all stats maven fan. That guy's an annoying guy, especially mm-hmm. when they just sort of exist in a vacuum. Yeah, well, that's not what we're talking about. Yeah. The t- uh, right. uh, the <laughs> number three, the championships argument fan. The number two is uh, doesn't know anything. Die hard. Oh yeah, that guy. That guy. Oh. I like when know be- anything. Yeah. Like if you're an LA Rams fan and you've never heard of Dieter Brock. Uh-huh. Dieter Brock. Oh you're like, yes. Oh no. Like, yeah, right at the end. I hate. Yeah, that should be a Shecky Award. The guy who gets the most <laughs> Dieter Brock drops in a year. Um, yeah, that's that's a terrible guy. One time, a guy came up to me in. Um, uh, Actually, it was a, I was working at the Man Show, and this guy caught wind of the fact that I was from Pittsburgh, and um, he came up to me. I'd seen him around uh, here and there, and he came up to me, and he said, hey, I just found out you're a Penguins fan. And I said, yeah, yeah. And, and he said, I'm the biggest Penguins fan in the world. And I said, you're the biggest Penguins fan in the world? How about that? Amazing. Where are you from? Assuming he would say Wilkinsburg or or McKee's Rocks or Gateway or Monroeville or somewhere in Pittsburgh in New Jersey. I, I, I said, you're from New Jersey and you're a big Penguins fan? Or, doesn't that make you a Devils fan? Oh, no, I'm a Devils fan, too. Oh. <laughs> I said, you like the Devils and the Penguins are in the same division. He said, well, I'm also a Flyers fan. I said, what? I, then I turned his lights out with one punch. No, I didn't punch him, <laughs> but I wanted you? to. I should have punched him. I said, listen. By, forget the Devils and Flyers, Jazz. You can't be the biggest fan of a team if you don't live in the city, if you you don't have some attachment to them in that way. I, that, that that guy drives me crazy. Just t- tone it down. You're a Penguins fan. You're not the biggest fan. Same thing. I'm the biggest fan in the world. But you don't know that they made a roster move. Uh, when, when did they, that, The guy who's the biggest fan in the world doesn't know, for instance, that uh, – that Steve Nash is on the Lakers. You know, like that kind oh, of... Oh, no, that when, happened to me. When did they get Steve? I didn't know they got that guy. When did they get him? There yeah, was big a guy, fan. I was out of watching uh, the Lakers one night, and some guy was like, hey, when's Kevin Nash coming back? <laughs> Kevin Nash. <laughs> and, then, and then Steve, this was back when Steve Blake was playing. He's like, oh, when did, when did Nash get a haircut? You're like, no, it's Steve Blake. Who? Like, uh, you might want to, by the speaking of that uh, rank, you might want to switch your allegiance here to the other uh, NBA team in they LA. They don't. There's a lot of Lakers fans that don't make me proud, but 
They and will be rooting for Blake Griffin in about three weeks. That doesn't matter. I was going to say, maybe you should start rooting. If you're uh, putting it out, up for bid, maybe the Clippers are the place you know. should go right I'm now. I'm not going to abandon the teams that are still here. Number one, the eternal pessimist slash optimist is, uh, is, is a loathsome fan. But, Ty, Ty, you're offended by this because you feel they're attacking well, uh, as a, a fan of a team that doesn't make the playoffs, am I supposed to just watch the playoffs and have no rooting interest? I can't root for any of the fans. That's what the, the bandwagon jumper is telling me. But, no, I, I have to root for, like, the Seahawks if I'm a Raider fan, right? Why? You guys were divisional yeah, were rivals. rivals. Like, what, 25 years ago? You were about to say when, and I – What, no. This leads into the thing about, like, I'm a huge Raider. What do you mean the Seahawks and us were division rivals? <laughs> Uh, in, what, Jim Zorn? Is that what we're talking about? No, we're nope. talking about the time that Dave Craig and company went into Oakland and beat, I mean, went into LA, LA and beat them. What was that, a wild card game? Yeah, that was in the 80s. Yeah, I remember that. Colin Bryant, right? Was there, yeah. was, was there running back? And, uh, yeah, they had some, yeah, they had some pretty decent. Ground games. Chuck. Yeah, with uh, Chuck Kurt, Knox. Kurt Warner. Never heard of any of those names, huh? They're, uh, no, I've, I've heard of a few of them. <laughs> big fan. The one I don't like is number three, the champions, uh, championships argument fan. Why don't you like that? What, what's the problem? I didn't Rank had that. a hand in writing this. Or at I, least helped, I pitched conceiving. the idea, and then somebody, Alex, wrote it. But What's wrong with the champions? Citing that you win it's more very, championships. It's very... Uh, you're the perfect example of this, is that you don't, you don't <laughs> recognize it. he doesn't it, like it. Is that Dave doesn't recognize <laughs> it, because... The Browns have more championships than the Steelers, if I'm not mistaken. But you don't recognize the championships that the Browns won because, like, well, nobody cared back then. No, uh, listen, first of all, if you weren't a lot – my standard is it's it's kind of lame when you brag on things that you weren't alive for. So, Hanzoos, as a Yankees fan, if you're hailing Babe Ruth and uh, the run that, uh, right. that that those guys had, that Casey Stengel had with uh, with those Yankees in the, in the mid-century, it's kind of – Kind of hokey, huh? Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, the, and well, also, there you go. You're actually you're explaining the guy. Then that's exactly all right. right. Well, but I was alive when that when my teams okay. won championships. I'm allowed to brag on them. I right. remember them. And to bring it back to the NFL, it's actually kind of an epidemic in the comment section of NFL.com. A be all end all is you know some Steelers fans going six rings, whatever, like stuff like that. It's you know. Well, Scoreboard. I mean, what, what, what do you want? That is the that is the fact. But listen, you can check out that piece on the five most annoying types of fans at nfl.com slash fanarchy. That's anarchy with an F in front of it or fan with archy behind it. Either way. Handsome Hank, a delight as always. Welcome to 2013. Uh, you're now you're not you're you're now the old guard really with Hanzus and Sessler and Akbar and Jeremiah and everything. But a pleasure as always to have you around. Thank you. Ty Ty, a fine job behind the glass. Black Ty will be back in here, I assume, next time if he can fit it into his busy social calendar. Hanzus, tough luck tough luck in uh, in not getting the newcomer of the year award but uh, bronze medal you know what it'll be nice for you to look at the award on Sessler's desk all, all year long it'll put a fire in your belly we'll bludgeon him with it and uh, of course as always the uh, the funniest man at uh, the NFL network and nfl.com Adam rank thanks to you fella for another year of podcasting oh I forgot to give rank I wanted to give you the I forgot I was going to give you comeback player of the year award Oh, thank you. Yeah, I was I, I was going to give the Shecky Award for Comeback Player of the Year. Awesome, thank you. Because we were talking about it. like in, in On episode 91, there were like eight minutes where you seemed to actually care about what happened on this podcast. And you're like, yeah, you know what? That was, see what he can do when he really puts his mind to it? It's terrific. So, all right. We'll Wasn't be that ba- episode 93? <laughs> no, I mean, I went back and looked at it. I mean, it was very hard to find. It was a needle in a haystack. It was, believe me, I really had to research it. All right, so look for the uh, – oh, what was the, the cool coach? tree thing you had up there rank on nfl.com the marty shot yeah if you go to nfl.com look up the schottenheimer thing it, it will nfl.com slash marty and then uh and then of course the sh- the uh the shame reports up there and around the league following all this stuff with ray lewis all the coaching moves and that uh, playoffs make sure you stay apprised of all those things by following uh Hanzus and sessler on uh on around the league at nfl.com we'll be uh we'll be back after the playoffs oh that's right check to the future uh will also be up at some point for you but uh, we'll be back after the wild card round get you ready for uh, for the uh for the divisional round in the meantime thanks so much football fans it's been a thin slice of heaven
All right, well, thank you, Dave, for uh, completely forgetting to mention that our show, the ATL Debate Club, is tacked on to the end of yours again this week. Hope that wasn't intentional. This is Mark Sessler, joined as always by Dan Hansis, a man who continues to wear a completely failed Yankees hat. Wow. Why are you Why are you still dressing in Yankees? It's outrageously um, disrespectful on your part. Uh, I am not a Fairweather fan. I am also a Jets fan. Oh, it's been I've... real tough being a Yankees fan. Hey, listen, it's you're not going to win the World Series every year, but you keep supporting the team and assume that that's going to happen. Big, uh, big bunch of playoff games coming up this weekend, Dan. Yes. Are you going to watch them? I planned on it. It's part I mean, of your job. it is part of my job. Um, I will be actually in the NFL.com newsroom uh, all weekend. Probably a good twenty-four to thirty hours of my weekend will be sitting in the same chair. But there are worse things to do than you know watching football and writing about football uh, the first week of the playoffs, which is always a lot of fun. You right? could be a bricklayer on the top of someone's house uh, who is watching football. Who puts bricks on top of that? I don't house? know. You would. Uh, <laughs> you know, we we were looking at these playoffs, and I, I think that you know, looking at the either this week or the week after, there's a couple of teams that really feel like they're on the hot seat. Yeah. Teams that, not a team like the Redskins or the Seahawks, where it's like, look at great season, this kind of caps a wonderful run. Teams that really need to win or face, from a perspective angle, some real doom. Yeah. I mean, I, for me, I think there's one team in each conference, um, uh, and I'll start with the AFC, and I think it's the Houston Texans, uh, but specifically, you know, who, if we're talking about this next month of football, who has the most to gain or lose from how things play out. I mean, Matt Schaub is a guy that his reputation is on the line, you know. And I think they kind of stumbled out of a bye, which was shocking to see. And he he has not played well for several weeks now. And, you know, they won a game in the playoffs last year. He wasn't there. So if they don't get it done this weekend and they, um, they're one and done after being, what were they, 12-2 and two at one point? Yeah, they'd only yeah. lost to the Patriots and to the Packers. I mean, all those questions about whether Schaub is a, a quarterback capable of leading an elite team are going to be amplified. You know, he'll be back next season as their quarterback, but then he'll have that tag on him officially. Right now it's not there. People are starting to – there are mumbles about what is, what's his deal. But you know what? If, if they go one done and he doesn't play well, he's going to be on the hot seat. I feel like with Schaub, I mean, I can't point to, hey, remember that amazing game where Schaub just carried that team on his shoulders? Like, do you, there are none of those games. No, and I think that's he, – I mean, he, he's shown ability in the past to have really good games, but has he ever really had a game where it's like, wow, Matt Schaub? You know, he really needs that game. Um, you know, it wouldn't be bad if he carried them and for his career, obviously. But, I mean, I really think – if he does have it in him, he better he better bring his game. You know who do you who do you think? Well, I mean, I I have. You said that you had two overall, right? I I see two teams in the NFC. Actually, I think the Texans are an obvious one yeah. in the AFC. I mean, the, the obvious one in the NFC that I almost think we don't even need to delve into is the Falcons because obviously this team has done this before. Wonderful regular season, kind of cakewalk through the entire affair get to the playoffs, and become a completely different, inept team. Right. This year, they revamped the offense. It feels like that they have a better chance of going out and just capitalizing. They do feel like a different team this year in terms of their attitude, too. They're a little bit more edge to them. But there's something about the Falcons that I, I guess just even as a fan, I don't buy them. It had a, yeah, it had to be a weird season for the Falcons, you know, both for the fan base and for the team itself, because really no matter what they did – the narrative after the game was, well, this is great, you know, this win's great, but it doesn't matter because no one really takes you seriously until you win in January. So in a way, this whole season has been a build-up to this these next few weeks, and that's got there's got to be a amount of pressure, a slowly simmering type boil here that I could see going against them. Now the flip side of that is this team has been told that they're chokers in January for so long. They have a bye in the first round. They're automatically two games away from the Super Bowl. If they could just get past that divisional game, then they're one game from the Super Bowl, and they've exercised all those postseason demons in terms of Matt Ryan never winning a playoff game and you know the Mike Smith era being hollow. Then they become a legitimate, especially in an NFC that's semi-wide open, 
you know, who says they can't, you know, take care of business at home in the NFC, NFC title game? They, but, you know, we're going to have to see what happens in that division game, which team shows up, because I think they lost 28-2 last year, you know. Yeah, it was outrageous. It was, I mean, you, you know. want to be the team that's loose, and it's kind of the, a couple of these teams like the Vikings, the Seahawks, the Redskins, you, you don't have a lot to lose. No right. one thought you'd be here, and those are the teams that seem dangerous to me. The Giants were that way last season. The Falcons, you're right, they're like, they're in kind of a freeze here. They've got to show immediately that they've come to play. And it, it has to be almost human nature for them to be tight when they finally do get so. on the field. I mean, whether or not they could shake that off um, remains to be seen, but how could you not at least be a little bit you know, tight when you go into that game with all that hype building up for you know, a year, essentially? The second team, real quick, that I had was, uh, for me, the Packers are a team that they really, really looked like they were going to get a bye and come back really perhaps as the strongest team in the conference, but that was a bad loss to Minnesota. They yeah. now have to go back and play Minnesota. Granted, it's it's at home, but what Adrian Peterson's rush for something like 409 yards on them in two games, that was an egg-on-your-face type game. And I don't think this is where Green Bay thought they'd be uh, when the playoffs began. Yeah, that was an odd loss. I mean, uh, what, what are we to make of them now? Because they... You know, they've had several losses this season that made you go, oh, wait a second, are they not that good? Um, the Giants one springs to mind also when they got beat up on a Sunday night. So I, I don't know. I mean, they have Aaron Rodgers, and, and you you know, I picked them to go to the Super Bowl before the season. But at the same time, who's to, who's to say they won't, you know, you know get come out flat this weekend? And we were talking about it on the Damashek podcast. You know, if you put, get in that game and it's a three-point game at halftime, you know, and they have Adrian Peterson on the other side. You know, all of a sudden you're really getting you're flirting with danger. Oh, I you know? think so. I think so. Uh, so let me. Which which of these playoff teams that we talked about do you trust the least to take care of business? Trust the least to take care of business. Well, I got I got to say Houston. I mean, I, don't, I you know, does it even can you even count Cincinnati? Uh, of course, I don't trust the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, Marvin Lewis is their head coach. Well, school. and I think yeah, I think more of the ones that we talked about. I think Houston is a good pick. I mean, because you know they're so banged up. We talk about Shab, but it's not just Shab. They've got a lot of issues on that team. Um, one thing I want to talk about. We're, we have another topic we're going to get to today. Uh, but before we do that, I just want to touch on my beloved Jets and uh, Rex Ryan, who is in the Bahamas. I, you know. Why do we need to bring this team up? Listen, we need to talk about it <laughs> okay, because... I, I know. You've got demons. You've got ghosts. I have demons. Okay. And I just want to say something. Listen, Rex, you can make the argument that Rex probably should have stuck around home base for this week and talked to the media. But this has kind of gotten ridiculous to me. I mean, like, you know, we were told that... You know, we've been told all week that they're such a joke. And, you know, they're the only team that didn't have availability. And all these media members are writing just these seething stories about Rex Ryan and the Jets being a joke. But let's, you know, let's take a step back here. Uh, okay. Rex didn't Rex didn't speak to the media for 15 minutes about his job security and give a couple of politically correct answers about Mike Tannenbaum. Are we, you know, is the world really that worse off because they didn't the media didn't get their Rex availability? This isn't this isn't exactly, you know, Obama coming, you know, on TVs in front of the nation and saying we got Bin Laden. Like we don't need to hear from Rex Ryan right now. He has nothing to do with this this uh, chase for the GM. Let's you, you know what? Who cares? All right. Well, hold on. Number one, pro football writers of America are going after the Jets. You know, they went to the league complaining about this, right? Because from the side of the people covering the team, you kind of duped them. I mean, you kind of you kind of threw them off their schedule. I don't think that's a big deal. I think what's a bigger issue, and and this is this is let's not avoid the point. What the heck are the Jets doing, Dan? Because you have a situation where you're going to back into hiring a GM. They haven't made a decision on Sperano. I, I cannot. I think the anger around the Jets, the frustration, isn't that he left for the Bahamas. That's not a big deal. It's this is an, a, a team that antagonizes its followers. You've been antagonized, Dan. You've been agitated all season with this team, but it's just an annoying group with the way they do business. Yeah, I, I listen, it hasn't been a fun season, but I just think this past week of coverage has been a bit of piling on by some um, beat reporters that have leaned towards some petulance with this issue. That's fair. I mean, I think the Jets have earned, you know, some critique. Uh, but oh, for I, sure. We, we see things may, a little bit different way in terms of Rex, too. I think that the team didn't go high enough. I, 
I understand that Rex Ryan is a good coach, but I think that he's uh, gotten away from the fact that he is responsible for the culture of that team. It's been a mess for two seasons. Whatever they th- said they were going to solve coming out of last year got worse. Yeah, and, and we'll talk about this as the weeks go on, how this plays out. Um, but I want to talk about one last thing today. Um, so I was driving I was driving home from work a couple days ago. Okay, You have a car? I do have a car. I bought a car. It's a Jetta. Uh, it's practical. I clean it. It has all tub caps on like your car. Um, and so I'm driving in the car the other day, and uh, a Coldplay song comes on the radio. Okay, and it's like one of the, it was one of the singles off their last album, and you know it's upbeat and it's catchy, and um, I turn it up and I'm enjoying myself in this car in the Jetta. Um, as I'm pulling up to a red light, um, I slow down. My windows open, and then there's a <clears throat> attractive brunette woman. I like the cough there. Yeah, attractive brunette woman immediately to my left with her window open. And I kind of like, oh, attractive woman, man blasting Coldplay. I felt <laughs> self-conscious about it. So I, I t- turned it down. And this is what I'm getting at. I mean, I, I, I like Coldplay. Right. And it's, but it's not cool to like Coldplay. And it's become a, a cultural thing that Coldplay is a bad thing. Um, but at the same time, it's like, you know... It's not. It, why should I be uh, ashamed of something that I like? Okay, they're in a way. Coldplay is kind of a uh, a, a guilty pleasure of mine, you know. Um, and I never really did get the Coldplay hate. It's like, oh, these these guys with their melodic uh, pop rock with the with the good hooks. Oh, they're so terrible. Like, why would they do that? What a what a blight on society. What a blight. Uh, you know, uh, why? I wish we could listen to. Some more, you know, stained. Let's let's bring back the stained era of modern rock. Oh, is there is there some Creed we can listen to? You know, it's okay. Coldplay's fine. Just leave them alone. But here's the thing: guilty pleasures. Okay, and that got me thinking about the NFL. Who's my guilty pleasure in the NFL? And um, Tony Romo's that guy for me. Uh, and in the same sense that me defending Tony Romo or thinking Tony Romo's great uh, makes me. Uh, seem daft somehow, or just kind of little well, you disconnected. Well, you named him as your uh, MVP candidate. This I year. did, yeah. <clears throat> and the reason why, just like when Coldplay puts out a new album, and I'm going to like the sa- the sound of it uh, a-, a year from now or whatever. When Tony Romo is playing in another big game in December next year, despite the disaster that was Sunday night in Washington, I'm probably going to be on board with it, and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to think he's going to get it done, just because I like watching him. I think he's good. And why do I have to feel bad about this? Do you have do you have a similar type uh, situation in your life where there's some? Well, me- I can immediately point to one. I mean, when you were talking about Coldplay, and listen, let's be honest with our listeners. We discussed this topic a little bit before coming on the show. We're not. This isn't you know something we just boil up in the minute. I mean, I thought about this a bit, <laughs> and you know, Dan and I, uh, outside of work, we are friends. We are. Yeah. We have a friendship, yeah. and well, uh, to some degree, and uh, we often have played uh, against each other in pool. We'll like, go out to a local tavern. Shoot some stick. Shoot some stick. And uh, often this has happened where we are both Counting Crows fans, and I'll go put a five in the jukebox, and it's, you know, a room full of people, adults, and I'm rattling off, you know, six Counting Crows songs on the jukebox, and there's a part of me kind of like when you pull up to the attractive woman. Brunette. Brunette. Long hair. Depends on the. I'm not. You know. I'm not going into the angular, high cheekbones. There's something in you that said this. It's wrong for me to be listening to Coldplay. I, I'll deal with that later inside. But something right now <laughs> tells me to turn that down. I feel the same way. I, it's like I, when I'm playing that string of County Crow songs. <laughs> a. I'm aging myself. Yeah. B. Do. I'm. You know, from a pop culture perspective, immediately irrelevant and probably irritating to everyone in the room. Yeah, Adam Duritz, lead singer of County Crows, doesn't have a voice that connects with all society. And certainly not people that weren't, you know, that... It, Wait, that, Crystal, Crystal behind the glass, can you name uh, one County Crows song? No. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Point taken. Yeah. She's can not you, in her 30s, she's can you, in her 20s. Can you name a Coldplay song? If you let me Google it. Okay. But you know who... Okay. Anyway. Listen, so, she's yeah. very young. Point she's taken. Very young, it's like it's, we're immediately a little bit outside of the boundary of cool uh, by liking these bands. Uh, yet I do. I do. And for some reason, I feel the need in a public place to, to show that to people, that there's something wrong. Well, there. who's, the, who's the, your NFL 
From an NFL angle, I think the Romo was a great example. I think for me, uh, because I am a, a Cleveland Browns fan dating back to long, long time ago, I was old. an early defender of Belichick when he came to Cleveland. And I see all these people that fall on one side or the other of the Belichick argument. You know, he, he did some nefarious stuff with a video camera. People Wait, don't what like are we that. Talking about? Well, oh, Spygate. Spygate. Okay. Which is a Jets fan. I'm not sure why that's not yeah. on the tip of your tongue. Yeah. But uh, for me, it's Belichick because, you know, he's, gone, he's almost like the girl that got away. He was our coach. Mm hmm. And had not, certain things not happened the way they did, he probably would still be our coach. And we'd be the team with a Tom Brady-esque character to taking us to our 14th straight playoff run. And it's funny because I, I, as a Jets fan, I can't relate to what it's like to feel like Bill, Be- Bill Belichick should be your coach and feel like he got away. Fair Other than enough. the press release that said, I will not be your <laughs> HC, you sick losers. Fair enough. We've been really harassed by this guy, yet I am drawn to him, and I. <laughs> but I understand to love that because he is cantankerous, and he doesn't have a great reputation in some circles. But you, you view him as almost a father figure. I do. I, I, I have. I actually had a correspondence with the guy when I was young. I wrote to him. Now I learned later that it might have been his secretary writing back to right. me, because I called once, and I called the complex, Cleveland Browns complex, the day before they play the Patriots <laughs> in the playoffs. This is the kind of childhood I had. <laughs> This woman answers. No says, girlfriends, even within like a country mile, I would say, at this time in your life. Country mile, not f- go farther than that. <laughs> I called the Browns complex. I asked to speak for Bill Belichick, to sp- speak to Bill Belichick. And uh, the woman says, absolutely, let me put you through. And then I said, whoa, 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 whoa. You know what? That's okay. Just let him know. I wish him well tomorrow in the playoffs. The next day they beat the Patriots. Last Browns playoff game that they've won, New Year's Day 95. And uh, I believe in the end it was a secretary that I spoke to that Bill had no idea who I yeah. was, never knew who I was. I would say that would go over um, better as a teenager uh, as opposed to a man well into his 20s. I suppose that would go over better as a teenager as opposed to a man, you know, deep into his 30s. So let's, you know, let, just don't do that this time around. Okay? I won't. I won't. Thank you, Dan. Always with the good advice. <laughs> All right. We got to go. Crystal. Um, says we have to go because Rich Eisen's coming into the studio, and you know he could with a wave of the hand we could never work in sports again. We're out of here if we're here when he walks in. Crystal doesn't know Coldplay. I'm gonna we're gonna give her a list of songs to download. Make her a mixtape, and I, she has to know Mr. Jones by Counting Crows. A mixtape, Mr. That's... Jones and me. No, yes or no? No, holy goodness. Anyway, all right. Next next week on the ATL Debate Club, we're going to talk about how this week of playoffs, um, you know, when and whatever else. What else your juke ba- jukebox habits are, blah, Other blah, Other topics blah. will come up. So many things. All right. Until next week, uh, see you later. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.